This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. What's the greatest way to bounce back from defeat? Yep, that's right. Stick five past Salford and go top of the league. The Stags bounce back from their defeat at Warsaw by putting five past Salford, leapfrogging to top of Skybet League Two. And thanks to results elsewhere and a resounding difference in the goal difference tallies, the Stags very much are on top. Which begs the question, on February the 29th, could this be the Stags' very own leap year? Tonight, we'll recap that 5-1 victory over Salford. Look ahead to a very busy March. And continue to ask the questions that's on everybody's lips. Can the Stags stay top? Will they be crowned champions at the end of the season? Or is there simply too long to go yet? As always, come and have your say on your team in the comments. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Get involved now. A very good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. How good were the scenes at the end of the Salford game when this was ringing around the one-course stadium? It's a chant that I won't get tired of hearing for a while, but it's one that I want to hear over and over and over again every single Saturday and Tuesday when the Stags play as we try and stay top in this season, which continues to baffle our brains. Joining me tonight to talk all things Mansfield Town and all things league leaders, let's say hello, good evening and welcome to the man who has pretty much every combination you need for any scoreline that you can throw up. It's Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts, fame evening. 
Evening, Craig. Evening, everybody. And the man who I think we need to get him sponsored by Strepsils or some form of throat lodge because goals seem to be flying in every left, right and centre at the One Call Stadium. It's the voice of One Call. It's Alan Wilson. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Now, I'll be honest, Al, I think it's one of those things, isn't it, where I don't think you'd care if you had a really hoarse voice on a Sunday morning, as long as you got, if you, as long as you got to continue shouting, "Goal scorer for the Stags!" <laughs> now it's a lovely change, Craig, and I thought the atmosphere on Saturday was absolutely electric. That's the best I've heard it for quite a while. It was just bouncing all the while, even when they came out to train. You know, it just it was one of those days, weren't it? They were bouncing from start to finish, and it's just it's a nice warm feeling. Now, it's great to be a Stags fan. One thing Nigel Clough makes a point of, Nick, and he made it in his post-match interview after the Warsaw game, he's saying, we do not lose back-to-back -back games. And even though Salford going into that game were unbeaten under their new manager on a bit of resurgence of form, you sort of had the sense, didn't you, that this particular side can very easily rile themselves back up and, uh, you know, make sure that they don't lose back-to-back -back fixtures. Yeah, you're back to the Wimbledon game. I think we lost that and it would have been very easy, I think, to lose back-to-back -back games. Um you know, and we, we, we managed to get it completely out of our system straight away and we've done it again. I think the good thing about the two defeats we've had recently, there's been a bit of a sense of injustice to both of them. And I think they've probably used that a little bit to our advantage to rile the players up a little bit. It's not like we were poor in Wimbledon or, or Warsaw, but we were wronged in both games, really. So maybe, you know, Clough's used that, but there was certainly no sluggishness on Saturday. We were, um, you know, right at it from minute one and the crowd were behind them and it was, yeah, it just went all to plan, didn't it? How important is it, Alan, to stay grounded and just keep taking every game as it comes? Because now we are top. There's a expectation level which gets risen through the roof again, isn't there? Well, they're willing uh, for everybody, Craig, won't they? I mean, I'm no different than any other fan. You know, I really do want Mansell to go up as champions. But, you know, it's the old cliche, isn't it? One game at a time. Keep ticking them off, like people have said before in the comments and also year it at work and various other places. If we win all his own games, we're up. And, you know, you can't think like that. It's just one game at a time. Let's get on with Newport. Let's sort Newport out and then we'll carry on 10k Duns on Tuesday night and hopefully do the same with them. It's a very difficult run that we've got. We're going to look at fixtures a little bit later on, Nick, but we've still got MK Duns to play in there twice. We've obviously got Newport to play. We've got Wrexham. That's been announced as a TV game as well today. And I, I what I really find fascinating is that when we seem to get the result, other teams around us don't get the results. And when we slip up, they slip up as well. It seems to be a continuous cycle and we're just digging ourselves deeper in and cementing our foundations with each game that comes. Yeah, I think you look at the, the rest of the league, it's so tight. I mean, Notts County being down in sort of lower mid-table now has come from nowhere. They were sort of clinging on to automatic sort of hopes when they played us, you know, only a month ago. The league's... Um, really really tight at the minute it's it's so easy to sort of lose place but like you say when we've slipped up all the teams seem to be beating each other and there's there's if you look at everyone's got something to play for now which i think plays to mansfield's advantage a little bit because when we tend to come up against teams who have not got a lot to play for and sit back and aren't that bothered we tend to struggle but i think we've hit salford and harrogate at a really good time because they were both feeling like they could come to mansfield and win because they they were both fearless whereas if we'd have played a salford and harrogate of a few months back when they were 
you know, relatively in poor runs of form. They're more likely to come and sit back. And I think that doesn't suit how we play. Um, I think it really suits us playing teams in form. So you look at playing Wrexham and MK Dons. I'm not, I think we play better against teams that are going to likely to attack. And I don't think MK Dons are going to sit back. I don't think Newport will sit back on Saturday either. And I think that suits us. Um, and like you say, you've just got to be, you've just got to be better, you know, not as worse as the other as three teams below us. And like you said, they all take importance of each other, aren't they? They're all, they've all got to play each other as well. So that, that's an important thing, I think. Now, Alan, you are the voice of eternal optimism and eternal positivity. You bleed. I don't, you bleed positivity. I think, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of the worst possible scenario and I'd still think you'd find a positive out of it. Um, but I'm going to try and test you a little bit because as much as this podcast will be filled with undying positivity, given the five goals we scored past Salford, the position we are in the league, there is one niggling thing that is in the back of my mind at the minute. And that is, the goals we've conceded, the last five goals which we've conceded. All right, in two of those games, we've gone on to win by a very comfortable margin. Obviously, we lost at Warsaw, but all five of the last five goals that we've conceded, A, could have all been avoided, and B, were very, very sloppy. And even though we've got this superior goal difference, um, I think we've got plus nine on second place stop put with a game in hand. We've only got one better goal scored than what they've got. It's it's our defensive record, which is keeping us up there and which is proving the difference. But if we're starting to see these soft goals get conceded on a more frequent basis, that's the niggling voice of doubt, is it? That says, hmm, you haven't done it yet. No, well, it, I agree with what Carl said, you know, from uh, that 18-19 season, three games and one point, and we, we can all remember that, I'm sure, the back of his mind, but I don't think, I honestly don't think it'll be a problem, Craig. I mean, you can you can talk about it, you can say that, but I mean, they've done it all season, we've been there or thereabouts all season. The defence has looked a lot more solid since Flint and Brunt, Cargill, you know, whatever, however you put the four at the back, they all play relatively well. And I honestly don't think it'll be a problem because what they've got in front of them does the business as well. And if we come out, it's always that early goal. I like an early goal. You know, first 10, 20 minutes, we get them on the front foot. It, every, every team will struggle against us. And I can't see a problem. I really can't. Nick, is there a bit of a concern in your brain considering the, the five goals that we've conceded last month? The one for me which was particularly concerning was the one we conceded at home to Salford, losing the ball so far high up the pitch and then uh, players not communicating with each other, allowing uh, players to get through. I think the only thing with that is somebody should have just wiped him out on the halfway line, shouldn't they, and took a yellow card and that would have been the end of it. But to be honest, I'm not really that bothered. I, I feel like the, Salford could have scored four and we'd have still scored five. I, I just think we're... We're so I just don't feel like some of our players are going to let us concede enough goals to lose games at the minute. You know what I mean? When you feel you look at Pym and Flint at the back, and they just don't look like they wanting to. Con I know they concede the odd goal here and there, but no, I wouldn't say I'm worried. For the first time in you know 25 years of being a Stags fan, I'm actually not that worried at the minute. You know, we look at our goal difference; it's it's unbelievable. Like you, you surely don't finish in the playoffs with 39 goal difference. <laughs> we, 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 I know if anyone can do it, we can do it. Clip that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's just, I don't know. I'm just confident. I'm confident in the defence, which I've not said for a long, long time. And I think if you keep goals out, you, you we will score more than most teams. And I think that's, you know, the, that's the, what's going to happen, I think, between now and the end of the season is, you know, we do, we concede. The one that did concede, uh, concern it also was the, the corners, that we seem to not be as good yeah. at defending corners as we were a few months ago. But then with, with Matt Smith at Salford, we seem to remedy that on Saturday. So, 
Um, you know, you're not going to come up against anyone as big as him every week. So maybe we've sorted that. That was my that was my one worry was was set pieces. Like you say, Saturday we seem to have um it's a bit of a fluke from that lad, really, isn't it? Somebody should have just wiped him out. I just think it sorry, Craig, I just think it boils down to uh, that early goal as well. Because if you get the early goal, you know, teams that's wanting to sit back, whatever however they want to play, they've got to change it. Otherwise, they're going to lose by one goal, if not more. So, you know, that's in our hands. And the way we've been coming out just lately, we have been on fire. So, it's a good thing. It is. I just, I think sometimes it's it's that little bit of... we we Sometimes they lack that little bit of grit. Maybe we've got a little bit too overcomplacent, a little bit too confident. But like you've both said, somebody should have just wiped him out on the halfway line, taken a book in. I know there's some debate over well that's not to the to the rules of the game. Well, it, it, I don't care. It's about it's about what's right for the team, and sometimes you've got to be ugly clever to be able to uh, to do that and make those decisions. But you've got to be a little bit sharp when it comes to making decisions defensively. And if it means somebody taking a book in and somebody else, you know, then getting subbed off or whatever, it doesn't matter because it's all about the team and getting the results. And I think we've we've definitely been scarred by that whole. Missing out by one goal scenario uh, last season. Keep your comments coming in. Have your say on your team during the live uh, feed tonight. If you listen to the audio version of this, do feel free to come and join us on a um, on a live podcast. You can find uh, when we're next going to be live by following us on social media at MTFC Matters. Uh, Marie's been in touch. And uh, again, it's the beautiful simplicity of uh, football, isn't it, Nick? We will, co- we will concede. We just need to score one more than the opposition. Yeah, I always feel like we will. I- Years ago, being a Stags fan, and probably every other Stags fan the same, we concede a goal and it's like, oh, God's sake, that's the game done. Now, you're just like, I wonder when we're going to score. <laughs> you do, don't you? You just see their goal go in, you go, I will equalise. You know, Warsaw, they score, it's like, I will equalise. You know, Salford scored. I, fa- I even said to me, Dad, I said, I fancy a goal before half-time, Ian. We did. We, ju- we just seemed to score at the right time. But yeah, I think if we'd have gone in 1-1, that would have been a different second half completely. But we just score goals at the right time, don't we? We just every time the opposition seems to get, you know, like Harrogate. I know they scored two goals and it made it six-two or whatever. But we just calmed it all down and went up the other end and scored again. We seem to have a knack of just, you know, telling the opposition to just calm down. We're going to score another and we'll just go up and do it. Um, and that's a really good habit for us to have is scoring in good times and just like Al said, getting early goals, killing off teams, making them demoralised, and then they have to come out and attack and we get another one. Um, that's how a few games have gone recently, and hopefully that'll carry on. It's almost like teasing uh, opposition at times, isn't it? Going, hey, yeah. as if you want, but uh, hold on, because we're coming back at you. Uh, keep your comments coming in. Ben says, 13 games left. MK Don's twice, and Wrexham look tricky, but 10 games very winnable. We look hard to beat, and finally starting to convert our chances. Champions is in our hands. Carl says players are clicking at the right time. Swan, Boateng, etc. These players were nowhere near the starting 11 mid-October to December. Always back Boateng when every man and his dog wanted him gone in January. How times have changed. Uh, Nick, had any more sign-ups for the Heron Boateng fan club this week? To be fair, I think Carl probably was one of the only members, <laughs> to be fair. So he's still got his, he's still got his membership T-shirt somewhere. We were giving him away. Now we're charging for him. Trying <laughs> to recoup the losses. Alan's bought 10. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Paul says, evening, guys. Great game Saturday. Went for a lovely meal in the West Stand uh, Saturday. Lovely carvery and coffee and cake as well. But really enjoyed the atmosphere on Saturday. And nice to see um, Stags on Sky twice in one week. Um, Alan mentioned the 
atmosphere earlier, Nick. I did actually feel there was a bit of a shift in the atmosphere on Saturday against Salford. And it was nice to actually see for the first time the, the North Stand experiment actually used to its uh, full potential. Although those one or two teenage Mancunians um, might have ruined it for the rest of us for, for the future. But, uh, you know, 5-1 and all that. Yeah, I, it, it, it was a lot fuller than I think it had been before. But it was terrible times to open it, wasn't it, the... Was it the Sutton, Sutton game, wasn't it, on a Tuesday night when it was awful? And then the Harrogate one on a Tuesday night when it was awful. So I think um, that was the fullest it's been, wasn't it, by a mile? And it really did feel at times that that, that stand didn't have any Salford fans in it because they were always outsung by the, the Mansfield fans. I think it was a real change of atmosphere from normal games. It felt a bit more of an away game atmosphere, I think, at times. You know, there was a lot of singing, and as it, as it should be where we are in the league, but... Saw somebody mention there about the whole town getting behind the club. I've noticed for some reason at the minute, wherever you go, there's people in stag shirts all the time. You know, whenever you're out, you normally used to see other shirts and teams, but it's all Mansfield. I see people up and down um, around where I live in just in Mansfield tops and shirts, and it's just the whole town and the atmosphere when you go to games is expecting to win, isn't it? Which, which is brilliant. That's how it why should be. I, why have I got this image of you running down the street after him going, is that a match worn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got a fake checkpoint halfway down the A614 where you just double check. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah, keep your comments coming and have your say on your team. Uh, let's move our attention to fantastic February then, shall we? Uh, 20 goals scored. Obviously, we mentioned the goal difference earlier. We'll come back to that in a little while. Um, the club obviously put out their monthly goal of the month video. Um of the 20 that we've scored, Alan, have you got a particular favourite? Yes. Uh, David uh, Davis Keeler Dunn, the one where he curled it round and it went to top corner. Because I was right behind that. He hit it beautifully. Did a bit of, good, bit of fancy work by Cargill, put him in, took it on his right, bang. That's my favourite. Nick, what about you? Same one. Can't he? I think that's that was the biggest impact because that was a narrow game, wasn't it? A lot of the other games came in like nine twos and five, you know, five ones and four nils. Um, but it's got to be the best goal of the month competition Mansfield have ever had. It's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah. There weren't just like lots of goals, which is great because normally like we're scrapping around for an own goal. But you know, there were there was five goal of the season contenders in there. You look at yeah. Swans at Harrogate, Clark's yeah. at Forest Green. There's been some great team moves in there. You've got Keeler Duns that we spoke about. Um, there was yeah five or six goals that could easily be goal of the season easily. It's one of those things, isn't it, where we're just absolutely blessed with with these things at the minute. I think for mine, you can't look behind beyond the technique for for Davies Keeler done against Nuts County. Um, I enjoyed Ali Clark's at Forest Green because it sort of seemed to um come come from nowhere. Uh, Swans against Harrogate, the first one won it. Um, from from what I'm being told. And I would have to be inclined to agree that that, for me, yeah, fair was, play. was a, a decent strike. Again, he sort of jinks in between a couple of players, gets the technique runs, it bends it and gives the keeper absolutely no chance. And it was one of those ones where, you know, he'd just come off the bench. The All, all of the, um, uh, the the praise and stuff was on Hiram Boateng at the time and Lucas Aikens, but Will Swan, who had had a good couple of games before that, had then been dropped and he sort of said... Well, I'm going to come on and this is what I can uh, do. I think from a, a technique point, that one certainly is up there. I actually am, am quite pleased with the way we're scoring team goals as well. And I think the one for me, Nick, which highlights it is again, Will Swan, 
the Salford game and the highlights of it, the clip of it doesn't actually do it justice. And it's all down to, to Lucas Aikens. Tracks back very, very well, wins the ball, drives to the halfway line. And he's got an opportunity, if you watch the footage back, to switch and play in, um, I think it's uh, Stephen Quinn on that far side early. But I think he's a little bit either hesitant that Quinn's in an offside position or sees something else and instead holds, turns back inside, plays it down the right-hand side, and we get a lovely little bit of interchanging team movement, lovely whip of the ball into the, into the box, and Swan's movement, perfect. Yeah, it was a brilliant header, wasn't it? I don't know how he got so much power on it, because although it was whipped, it wasn't particularly have a lot of pace on it. And he really, you know, twisted his neck and really headed that in the bottom corner. But like I say, it was a good... You don't normally see when the player keeps it in the bottom corner inadvertently, and the other team runs up the other end. They don't normally score, do they? I think we tried that once for them. They nearly... Uh... They nearly scored from one. And it was a bit like the Harrogate when they took the corner and we just ran up the other end and Keeler Dunn could have done a bit better. But like you say, pick the right option. Um, and it, it was the one-touch passing was was brilliant, wasn't it? And then the header was even better. I think Williams has really got a lot of credit. I think he's a brilliant option at right back. And I'm starting to think now, really, he's probably our first choice. Although Barry's not done anything wrong. Um, I do think Williams has um, you know, been, been fantastic when he's played there. Yeah, I think it's, especially at home, I think he sort of seems... Yeah stretching the game a little bit at home. Um, Paul in the comments says, uh, what's going to be interesting is who's going to be the player of the season. Now, that is a debate for uh, an, another day, for the end of the season. But let's talk about player of the month because that's also a vote as well. And this one, I think this is the hardest month to judge. But if I'm going to judge it based on progression and based on impact, I, again, can't look further, Alan, than Will Swan. You know, like someone said in the comments earlier, Two months ago, he was out of the picture. We were considering and talking about sending him out on loans, developing, getting back, you know, next season, firing all cylinders. But for for whatever reason, it's clicked, and this month for him has been an absolute U-turn. Instead of sailing against the tide, he's spun the boat around and he's uh, sailing with it. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I would also uh, say that uh, a close either equal or close second would be Cargill. Because I think he's put some fantastic, uh, fantastic performances in, you know, albeit at left back. Because we know he can play when he needs to drop to centre off. He does, but Brunt's playing really well at the moment. And when you can keep McLaughlin out of a team who was starting to look good himself when he came back, you know, he's got to be doing something right. So I think you could pick quite a few of them. You know, you could probably pick any anyone at eleven, to be fair. But I agree with this one and possibly Cargill, Nick. I would have... Swan's the obvious one, but exactly what Alan said, I was going to say Cargill. He was my man of the watch at Warsaw. He scored a couple of good goals. He's filled in a position that he's unfamiliar with in terms of it's not his main position, probably not the one that suits all of his strengths. So he's not the quickest, but, you know, he's done half bomb up and down that left-hand side, especially at home. Um, and he helps us in the air as well. So, you know, I'd go for... Um, I'd go for Swan probably just because he, he deserves it after where he was. But I think Cargill would, um, would be the the sort of second choice pick. Certainly most improved would be Swan, but Cargill's been been fantastic. I mean, you could write a list of, you could probably write a list of teams of players who've played out of position and been yeah. brilliant. You know, look at Bowery and, and Cargill and there's been others that have played slightly out of position and have still been brilliant. So, yeah, Cargill or Swan for me. Look at Brunt since he's gone back in defence, you know, from yeah. midfield. He's yeah. been immense as well. Now, Philip has said in the comments, based upon our team at the moment, what's your best starting 11? I've just been scribbling down Oh, you're going to get quite a few differences of opinion there, aren't you? Which is good. 
I think we will. So obviously I've gone Flinders in goal. Yeah. <laughs> they want they want yeah. Silence. Adam Collin in goal. Adam, I think Mason. Christy Pim in goal, obviously. Back four. And I can't believe I've left him out. Um Williams, Flint, Brunt, and Cargill. I can't believe I've left Bowery out there, to be fair. Uh, midfield, that's I think that's the toughest one for me. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk more about Lewis Reed's contract in a, a bit, but he he definitely gets in there. Uh, the others, uh, Ollie Clark and Stephen Quinn, and then it's DKD in behind Aikens and Swan. Any uh, amendments to it? Any anything did, you want to say? I mean, you're not really considering putting Boateng in there, are you, Nick? Really? Did I no, hear you no. say Giorgio Mauricio there? No, I, I left Maris out as well. I oh. think our best midfield for me is with the, the argument would be Quinn or Maris, I think, for me. I think Clark, when he's fit and fully fit, is one of our best central midfielders. I think he gives us something different. Quinn, the Quinn that played Saturday, yes. The Quinn that's played the rest of the season, no. But I think on Saturday, it was his best game this season by a mile. Um, Maris tended to look better where Keeler Dunn was, but Keeler Dunn's better in that position, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Maris tends yeah. to look better the further forward he plays, but he's not quite as good as Keeler Dunn in that position. So I think Maris only loses out just because Keeler Dunn's been unbelievable. But, you know, you you, you could easily play him instead of Quinn, I think. Yeah, I've played... I've played two, any two of either side of them, but Clark and Marius would be my first two picks. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't uh, leave George. <laughs> no. Giorgio Mauricio. George Marius could score four thousand own goals, and Alan Wilson would still pick him. <laughs> He's my Boateng. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man's Boateng. I mean, <laughs> Poor man's Boateng. Plants on the hero and both things, but, but I think Alan Wilson's going to need a, a secretary to his fan club. I think Nick will be all right. Running no, I think him. so. <laughs> Coming in, uh, Carl says, just exciting times at the moment. Look how squad the strong is. Firepower all over the pitch. When Swan's been on the bench, um, he's been having the super sub role. Again, recently, just can't get carried away. Focus on our job. That's all that matters. Don't care what everyone else is doing. Just get the points on the board. Can't underestimate anyone in this league. Points to fight for up and down the table. Uh, and Simon adds, loved Clark's tackle on Lund on Saturday. Football. Yeah, quality. <laughs> Much needed one. Yeah, very interesting on the whole um, team thing. Again, picking a particular person to stand out this month and indeed all season, I think, is, is going to be a, a real good one. But I think what it does, Nick, it reaffirms the job in which Nigel Clough and his team have done. They've built this uh, team over, you know, the... The, the last three, four transfer windows. It's not been an overnight success. This has been something in the works for the past two, three seasons. Yeah, I think it really kicked into overdrive last January when we signed Kilgore and Keeler Dunn, I think. I think that's what kick-started the team we've got now. I know a lot of the players were from before, but this real drive and determination, I think, to win, I think has come a lot from last January when we, we got those two in. We seemed, before then, we were just buying players ad hoc a little bit. But then the likes, well, we signed Reed as well, didn't we, in that window? You know, we, you look at the team now, we signed Reed, Keeler, Dunn, and Kilgore in that one window, um, which was unbelievable, really. And you think how, what an impact those three have had, apart from his injury. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's built a fantastic team. He's, we haven't got a weakness anywhere, and that's testament to Clough and his team of um, of people. Oh, the gates here, look at that. Um, I know. <laughs> no, it's not going to comment any further, though, because it's closed off. That's unbelievable. Um, but I think we've we've just got quality in every position, haven't we? And we've not had that for a long, long time. Um, you know, if you said, do we need to sign anybody in the summer? 
I know obviously if we got promoted, we probably do, but like what position would you pick? Because like where do we need more strength? There isn't a lot, is there? You know, we I, I questioned Pim originally because I thought, well, he was doing well, but I thought, can we spend the wages somewhere else? He's been unbelievable. Yeah. He's been goalkeeper of the season by a mile in this league. You know, people were questioning Flint's pace. Uh, and Brunt, well, he's a young lad. He's not played first team football before. He's been unbelievable. Um, you know, is Bowery going to play? Is he not? He's been, you know, one of the players of the first half of the season. You know, it's been, like you say, testament to their, they know a lot more than we do, don't they? Obviously, especially if you read Facebook or Stagsnet. <laughs> Certainly do. I can't, can't remember the last time I uh, went on Stagsnet. Um, no, moving swiftly on. Um, one thing Nick touched upon there is, is the quality within the squad. Obviously, like Alan being able to play different positions and all of that. But what I think that has done is allow us, and this is going back to the goals we've scored, is allow us to flip the coin and no longer have one way of playing, which we have had in previous seasons now. And I was talking about this on a Salford podcast at the weekend. We're able to change it up, you know, mix it about a little bit and do whatever we need to do to score. Look at the goals that we scored in that 20-goal reel some's been some fantastic individual strikes granted some's been some direct play some's been some lovely passing movements we are able to flip it left right and center and again just look at the way in which we scored the goals against Salford and that for me is the difference between a Mansfield Town side that won't have the legs to get over the line and the Mansfield Town side that will be in League One next season yeah, because all the permutations that you have and the way that we play, it's it's all, you know, down to the squad, isn't it? I mean, uh, Aaron Lewis came in Saturday. Had a blinder of a game, I thought. It played really well to say it hadn't been, it only had 10 minutes bit parts, you know, probably at last three games. Came in and it doesn't seem to matter who he plays. It can make three, four changes and they just seem to gel. And like he said afterwards, Everybody is playing for everybody. There's no bad eggs. There's no sulking. If you're in the team, you try and keep your shirt. If you're not in the team, when you do come on, you know, you make sure you play well. And that it can only be a good thing, can't it? Because we've said before, that uh, squad this season is unbelievable. Can you look at the subs as well, though, don't you? You see, the, yeah. the first season, the subs are coming on and scoring goal. You know, we're like 3 0 up, we make subs, and we're winning 9 2 and 5 1. We're yeah. scoring so many late goals. Even when, you know, years back, if you were 3 1 up at Salford, that'd have been it. We'd have brought on some defenders and we'd have called it quits. Yet, we've, you know, we brought on players and they're banging goals in left, right, and centre. Like you say, Clark's flying into tackles from 30 yards away, Boateng's getting on the end of crosses. It just, like, it doesn't matter who you bring on, does it? You could bring anybody on. No. And they have blinders of games, or you bring them back and they haven't played for, like you say, six weeks, Aaron Lewis, and he just comes in like he'd played every week. It's... I'd love to go and watch your training session. I really would, up at uh, RH. Yeah. Uh, listen, you're Alan Wilson, you could just turn up. <laughs> you, yeah. Right, mate, you're, you, you have the keys to the town. You just have yeah, to announce have... all the goals in training. Yeah. I'd probably, <laughs> probably had to take Bobby a walk. Joe Spurrier for the stag in training, Mansfield Town's number two. Actually, is, is that number two? I can't see from here, who is that? Sorry, what's what that? It was, it was close. You're having a laugh. He's got a little microphone on top of his car. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> megaphone. Yeah, a little megaphone. <laughs> yeah. Goal scorer for stags, Mansfield Town's number 10, Georgie Mauricio. <laughs> I'm going to get that one in for and. I'm sure you will. Yeah, definitely do. He's got to score first. Anyway, uh, yeah. moving back on, uh, moving back along. I can't remember where I was going with it now. I was, there was a point that you said, oh yeah, um, 
you were talking there about the difference between going three one up and then bringing defenders on or bringing and yeah. sort of game out and now being hungry. And Andy Garner took a little bit of flack for what he said in his post match article. You know, Steve O was very much like, these stats are amazing. Wow. Why, you know, we've got this amount of shots on target. And Andy's gone, yeah, we've only scored five. <laughs> and everyone's going, are you all right? But he's actually spot on in what he says, Nick. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Yeah. We should, we, we should, like, if we've got, like, I don't know, arguments say 20 shots on target and we've only scored five goals, that's what? A 25% return rate? Do we only have seven on target out of 21 shots, 23 shots with seven on target, something like that? Yeah, I think he ended up saying 28, didn't he? He miscounted, Steve. He said 28. But you look back at Grimsby and like we were complaining then, weren't we? We scored two and we could have had 20. You know, Harrogate could have been more than nine, let's be honest. Yeah. We could have had seven, eight, nine. So I think I suppose Andy Garner's point is that sometimes those five don't fly in and we'll rue those chances. Like look at Warsaw. We created the same amount of chances against Warsaw, if not better chances against Warsaw than we did against Salford. I dare say we created better chances at Warsaw than we did at Harrogate. But we just didn't take any of them, did we? That's the thing. And look at Forest Green. We didn't create as many chances, yet we banged four in. So he's absolutely right. If you've got to try and take as many chances as you can. Can't score too many goals, can you? But the positive thing is we really did press till the end. And to be 4-1 up and still scoring goals in injury time, yeah. Against ten men when they've completely given up and we could have just been passing it around the back, is you you literally have to stay to the last minute with stags even when you four one up, because we might score. It's that thing of we do not stop. You know, it's sort of like it's that killer instinct, isn't it? And sometimes in football you have to be a, a killer. You, there's no room for nice guys in football because nice guys win absolutely sod all. Whereas the teams that are ruthless, the teams that are hungry, do. We were guilty of it. Um, in the season, we got to the playoff final. We weren't hungry enough in games. We weren't good enough in games. We weren't. We didn't have that killer instinct at times against teams. We didn't know how to switch it up. The season after that, we allowed ourselves to lick our wounds for far too long, and uh, what it's and and that it ultimately cost us. Where this, as this season, you know, every single player there's not a guaranteed eleven. Every single player is fighting to to start. Every single player is fighting to come on and score goals and take the opportunities. When they come, you know, it ain't over until the final whistle is blown. Now, they, they don't want to come off the pitch, do they? You can see that, you know, even though they're tired, they're shattered, you know, whatever. They just don't want to come off the pitch because they're enjoying themselves too much. And then they still don't want to come off when they're clapping the crowd and whatever. They spend another 10 minutes there. So they, they're certainly enjoying themselves. Now, you can't fault them for that because there's been times when it hasn't been like that. Let's face it. You know, whether when we had not such a good squad, it weren't such a nice place to be around when you're losing games and whatever. Let's enjoy the moment like they are doing and uh, let's hope it lasts, which I'm sure well, it will. Time for a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk Lewis Reed. We'll talk players for next season. Who else needs to uh, get signed on the dotted line? We'll talk more about Lewis Brunner and answer some more of your comments, questions and opinions in the live feed in the comments. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're back with the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. A quick reminder then that uh, coming up at the end of the season, where hopefully we'll be celebrating promotion, we will also be going back in time with another Stags Stories episode. It's all part of Mansfield Museum's The Beautiful Game exhibition and will take place at the museum on Sunday, the 28th of April. And we're delighted to announce our first guest for the night, which will be former Stags keeper Ian Bowling. He'll be there to talk us through that infamous game where he had to shake hands with the probably unemployed about looking by the state of it. And talk us through his footballing career from injuries to his time at the Stags and much, much more in between. It will be a fantastic night. So please do come along and support it. Tickets are just £4.50 per person. All proceeds go to supporting Mansfield Museum. And the link that you need for said tickets is in the description. So we urge you to go and click on that link and buy a ticket and join us on the day. The bar will be open at the theatre so we can all have celebratory drinks and I'm sure there'll be some champers behind there as well helping us celebrate. So Stag Stories with Ian Bowling, Sunday the 28th of April at Mansfield Museum. Tickets on sale now. Yes, make sure you don't miss that one with Ian Bowling um, later on in the month. The tickets, as we say, are on sale now. More on that in a little bit. Uh, right, let's move back to some comments, questions and opinions. And someone in the comments earlier on uh, put about um, Lewis Brunt, Nick, uh, talking about um, people getting on his back. Uh, one thing that gets on my nerves is the amount of folks slagging Brunt off. Young lads come here, first break through the season, uh, playing against fully grown men. Some are twice the size of him and he's doing a job. Um, odd mistake, yes, but no need for what's been said about him. Hope the lad sticks around beyond this season. I echo every word of that. Yeah, I think the only thing that annoys me about fans with Brunt is that when he gets the ball and passes it around the back, I think people tend to moan. It's like, well, what do we want him to do? Just hoof it up? Because with, with the ball, we're going to lose, lose the ball anyway. I'd rather him pass around the back and give it away once out of 30 times than hoof it and lose it 20 out of 30 times. Because that's what happens in this league, isn't it? You hoof it up and you lose it. Whereas at least we try and keep the ball. You know, it's coming from a Premier League development team and some a bit of the first team where if you hoofed it, you'd probably get brought off. We we sort of have to remember that, that he's been raised probably from a very young age just to pass the ball around. Um, and we've never had two better centre-backs passing the ball than Brunt and Flint. You look at the assist from Brunt for Aikens when he runs through on goal. That was brought straight out of centre-back. Flint played one ball. He was at right back or he was sort of in that position and he pinged the ball to Cargill or I can't remember it was Quinn. It was like a 60, 70 yard pass right to his feet. <laughs> yeah. Just out of nowhere, wasn't it? It was a throw in and he just booted it across the pitch right to his feet. We've never been so lucky with centre-backs on the ball and yes, you know, we things are a bit nervous sometimes but 
let's like I say, you'd rather do that. Let's not hoof it. Let's let's pass the ball a bit. That sometimes we've got to know when to hoof it, and I give them that. But maybe if we get promoted, Brunt staying is, you know, possible. Albeit you don't see, you don't see many two season loans anymore, do you? It doesn't really seem to happen. But no. I'm adamant we would have kept Tyler Walker if we'd have got promoted that season. So potentially we might be able to keep um, Brunty. There's no reason why not. You know, maybe he's not ready for the championship yet. And who better than a local team I mean, where he can Leicester play? Finish, yeah, Leicester might go up into Bram. So. Yeah, so he's not going to play then, is he? So, uh, you know, of course Possibly. we want to keep him. He'd be, he'd be, he's a brilliant player, isn't he? He's a fantastic centre-back. And I think it's a confidence thing as well, isn't it? When he's passing to along the back, he's got confidence to do that. And they, conf- they they pass him, don't they? They give it to him. So the other team has got confidence in him. Yeah. They, they wouldn't pass it to him if they didn't, if they thought he was going to do something dodgy with it. And yet, he get, you know, I don't know how many touches he has, but he has a lot. I think a lot of it, Alan, as well, is down to the mentorship he's had from uh, from Mr. Flint. Yeah. Massively, yeah. Yeah, it's the whole yeah, Pearson definitely. Sweeney thing, isn't it? When they played together, Pearson yeah. Sweeney. The, the, those old days. Um, but he's, yeah, Flint. Flint. Can you imagine playing next to Flint? It's got to be a dream, hasn't it? He's won, he's won loads of things. He's experienced, he's dominant, he's brilliant. He's a local lad, seems like a nice guy. You couldn't want any much just, more, could you? They fit together well, don't they, Flint and Brunt? Or whether it's Flint and Cargill, Flint and Blunt at the moment. And it just fits together. Like they said, Flint, the old head, the young lad with Brunt, he's got the pace. Yeah. Flint's not not sure to pace either. It, it can shift a little bit. I've not seen anyone but, outpace Flint. You know, I know we thought we worried about his pace, but I, yeah. I've not seen anyone run past him. I think he just doesn't let them, does he? He just he either fouls no. them or just it, blocks them out of the way. He's the man, man mounted into yeah. yeah. He has to go round him. <laughs> that takes two weeks because of his he's just built, isn't he? And that's exactly what you want from a centre back. And I yeah. think yeah. as Flint is the best signing in many, many years. It is hundred percent really just elevated our game and we've just managed to get the right bit of people around him because you can sign players like Flint, you can sign, you know, your big name players and then it all becomes about one person making a team. Well, it doesn't whatsoever. Flint is just no. one of several. Which is just incredible. Uh, all right, keep your comments uh, coming in. Um, obviously, announced early today that the Wrexham game is now on TV. And the gate has opened up again. Hey, uh, looks like we're on telly twice. Then no surprise, it's Wrexham. Uh, they've got super poor Mullin. Um, he just can't seem to touch the ball. I think they got Mullin, super poor Mullin. But lately, he's not been scoring. Well done, the gate. Well done. Um <laughs> <laughs> is that the poetry gate yeah it must be <laughs> yeah. and now my friends I must close because my comments have been too is to have taken too much skin off the nose don't give up I the day job Craig <laughs> what the bloody hell am I going to say next to make it rhyme move on please thank you right uh, Alan let's uh, move it on swiftly shall we and talk about yeah. um, Lewis Reeds who has signed a new contract this week yeah well pleased well pleased indeed he's a good he had a probably I don't know maybe four weeks ago he had a bit of a sticky patch didn't he where he wasn't playing quite so well but he's come back again he's come uh, like the Lewis Reed that we know and I'm very pleased you know and it's Keeping that momentum going, isn't it? You know, getting these players signed up can only be a really good thing, you know, because it breeds confidence because what we're going to do for this year and next year as well. thing is, though, Nick, they need to keep that pen out, don't they? Because there's still several players whose contracts expire at the end of this campaign. Yes, absolutely. I think but the majority of our squad, I think, are League One 
ready, aren't they? A lot of them. There's not many that you go, I probably can't play in League One. So yeah, just get, sign up as many as we can while everyone's happy, while the uh, the mood is right. Get them signed up. I, I don't know if there's an option on Reeds, whether it's just the 18 months, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, it's, it's to be fair, he could play higher, couldn't he? So the intention is obviously he sees potential in the club as well. You know, and Flint as well. They've signed longer. Uh, a lot of people have signed good contracts, haven't they? I don't know who's out of contract, to be honest. Yeah, I haven't checked, but, you know, we, like I say, keep the pen out, get them all signed up, keep them. One, I think, I think Maris might be another. I can't remember if they've signed a new deal recently. I did have a list, but I think it might be outdated. We'll have to check that for next time. You're sorry, Alvin. Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, thinking on Saturday, you know, when they come out or run out, you know, depending, I would imagine they'll be in the squad, both of them. wonder how Coughlin will feel. Because didn't he sign Maris and Clark? Yes. For Stags, I thought he did, yeah. yeah. wonder how he'll feel when he sees them two line up against him. Yeah, it what could have been? Yeah, what could have what could have been if I'd not if I knew how to actually play football? Although <laughs> yeah. fans seem to like him again, I liked him. I just thought it was the wrong time for him. Anyway, we won't go into that uh, debate. And Carl says I'm Bowery. Yeah, I've got a feeling Bowery might play uh, Saturday, but uh, we'll we'll come to that later on. Yeah, with the uh, flippage of of games, um, let's move on to fixtures then, shall we? Before we do podcast predictions, and of course find out who is top at the end of February. A uh, busy month ahead this month, Nick. Um, obviously, Newport on Saturday, then Tuesday night at home to MK Dons. First time we've played them since they uh, heart broke our hearts in the third minute from a... Oh. Uh, Swindon, Tranmere, Bradford, Colchester, which is a Sky uh, TV game, kickoff 12.30. And now Wrexham also... Um, a TV game on Good Friday, which stays at three o'clock. So two back-to-back uh, Sky TV games as well. This is a huge, huge month ahead, Nick, isn't it? It is, but I don't fear anyone. I don't look at that list and go, oh, I don't fancy us against them or I don't fancy us against them. We stick to that sort of um, two points a game average, which we're more than capable of, and you're promoted, aren't you? That's what you've got to look at the next game and just put in little mini game. All right, let's win the next three. To Wimbledon, and then we won three in a row or whatever it was before we played Warsaw. So you've just that's what we've got to do, isn't it? Just keep putting good runs together. And if we don't win, then we don't lose. It's really important that if we're not in the best of form for that one particular game, that we don't lose because points well, do add up at the end of the season, don't they? And that's the thing that, but we will bounce back quick. So if we do lose on Saturday, it's not the end of the world. We'll probably beat MK Dons and vice versa. It's just, I don't worry about any of them fixtures at all. The only ones I worry about is the ones on no. the bloody telly. Yeah. Yeah. Although well, last time I played on Sky one four one, didn't we away at County? So you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, what does appeal to me, Alan, is that the next four games. Um, obviously, I, I'm very much in the camp of take one game at a time. But the next four games: Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Quick succession. We've got the squad to to cope with it. There will be squad rotation. This is a real opportunity now to gather some momentum and not just. Um, Where's it gone? Where is it? Where I've lost it. Where's it gone? I've, I've, bear with, bear with. Not just to solidify our position in the top three, worth it, uh, but also try and galvanise us to go forward and uh, remove any form of toxicity, which may be uh, in the back of the brain when it comes to thinking that we might absolutely it up. Yeah, I, I just can't see that happening, Craig. I think uh, with the squad that is assembled and Nigel, he, he knows what the game's about. And like like we say, I think you have a job on now, 
picking your man of the match, you know, in the uh, predictions because you're not sure that they're going to be, you know, make a start. It's a guess you now, know. isn't it? It's a complete guess that. I know. It's a you're like Ollie Clark, you know, you think, oh, Ollie Clark's a, a, a shoo-in, you know, for man at match and he don't start. So it's just interesting because there'll be so many changes in that four games. You know, they'll be playing, I think it'll be four different teams. And like Nick, I've got no problems with any of them. We just take each game as it comes. We know we've said it before. Take each game as it comes and go on, move on nice and steady and stay where we are. Very briefly on the uh, Man of the Match thing for podcast predictions. Uh, for a home game, basically pick whoever the sponsors want to meet. It doesn't matter how well they play. Um, also, um, Paul says in the comments, just want to say many thanks for putting the subtitles on as my hearing is not too good these days. I'd love to take credit for it, but Facebook auto-generates them. So, um Thanks, Facebook, for auto-generating subtitles for Paul, and you're very welcome. Um, right, let's uh, move on to podcast predictions, uh, shall we? Um, we'll do that in just a second, actually, because uh, we'll give it one uh, little plug um, whilst we're here. Let's talk about Stag Stories again, Nick. Um, Ian Bowling um, has agreed to join us for this one. Really great guy. He's got plenty of stories, and I believe... That there's a certain somebody that I know in the Mansfield Matters podcast panel team that has a significant shirt. Oh, I have. Where is it? There. It's reaching distance, look. There it is. Um, yeah. We've got the, the handshake shirt, the, the one with the one with the streaker. Yeah, the so image. I've got that. <laughs> I have got the streaker shirt, it's here. Not the actual there it is. shirt, because he didn't have a shirt on, that's the point. But no, I've not got his snood or whatever he had around his neck. I've not got that. Sorry. Maybe that's the piece of Mansfield memorabilia that I'm missing is the snood from the streaker. So if you are that streaker and you're watching this podcast and you have that snood, provided yeah, you don't put anything else in the now. snood and it's just been around your neck, I'll have it. <laughs> Give it we'll reunite Ian Bowling with that, that man. That's what we need to do for the ideas. <laughs> we need to reunite. We'll say, look, you know, like when they used to do This Is Your Life, yeah. We could we could sit Ian bowling down and we could go, Ian, do you recognise this man? And he'll go, no, I've no idea. And then he takes his clothes off and has a snood on. And he goes, oh, my ah. God, it's Dave from, from Rotherham. I can guarantee anybody will be taking the clothes off at our event. on these If you're trips. in the chat, anybody, and you are that man, please come forward. Not like with clothes on. <laughs> please reveal yourself, but not in that way. <laughs> not like that. Don't do that. I thought this was a family show. It is. We blurred it out. He got kicked off Facebook for that. <laughs> I know. Traffic and everything. Banned. But yeah, the shirt. I'll bring the shirt along. And Ian is Ian's fantastic. I mean, we I mean obviously we brainstormed a while back, Craig, and mm. the first and unanimous choice was Ian Bowling because he loves Mansfield. He loves talking about Mansfield. I think his best part of his career was here. You know, he's player of the season multiple times. Fans still sing his name in pubs, according to videos that I've seen, and. I think he'll be brilliant. I think he's the perfect person. You could you could just literally give him the microphone and go stand at the back and leave him to it, and he'll just talk. The 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 reasoning behind it, of course, about like the 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 solidity to behind that choice, of course, is what Alan said in the chat. I said, have a guess at who we who we've got, and straight away the first name Alan out of your your virtual mouth was Ian Bowling. Keith yeah. Aslam. <laughs> it was Keith Aslam first. <laughs> and then Ian Bowling or Les. <laughs> And Les Robinson, it was quite easy, really, because they're the only two that I know that have met up with streakers. Because I think Lee, Les Robinson, when he had the streaker in front of him, I I do believe, I could be wrong, but I do believe he got him a phone. 
and uh, like Les Robinson put it inside his shorts. And then when they carted the streaker off, Les Robinson went to the side and passed it to whoever the uh, manager was. I've got so many questions across. A, those shorts wouldn't have had pockets. So where did Les Robinson put it? <laughs> he just slipped it inside top. Be, be, Behind be, me now, I have got Les Robinson shorts. No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. This is fast turning into a remake of Naked Attraction. Nobody <laughs> more like Calendar Girls these days. <laughs> <laughs> but can I just say, when Ian Bowling comes, I better bring some sweets. Because every time he was injured and he come and stood in my box for half an hour with me, it pinched all my toughies. Yeah. What's his favourite, so Alan? Just for reference. I better bring some sweets with What's me. What's his favourite? He's a jelly baby man, isn't he? <laughs> it was any, mate. <laughs> any that I'd got. Oh dear. Uh, well, do please do come along to that event. Tickets are on sale now. The link that you need is in the description. We'll keep uh, plugging it until uh, we're blue in the face. We'll hopefully be announcing more guests and maybe even more dates uh, soon, but it all relies on you guys. Um, obviously, we're aware that a lot of the events throughout the, uh, the, the football exhibition, the beautiful game exhibition, are for free and that there is a charge associated to this one. Uh, that is because we're, we're hosting it on a Sunday and uh, we need and the, the museum just need a little bit of extra support when it comes to uh, putting their staff on and things like that. So all proceeds, we don't take a penny. Um, all proceeds go back to supporting Mansfield Museum. So uh, please do get on that link in the, uh, the description and get your ticket for uh, the Beautiful Game exhibition. Uh, Nick's second event um, has still got a few tickets left for it. The first one sold out. Looking forward to uh, uh, to that one. We had a nice little brainstorming session the other night about what uh, what's going to happen in that. Um, so get tickets for that as well. And we'll put the link for that on our page as well. Please do remind me to do that, Nick. I will always forget. So please. Uh, well, I forgot to plug it myself, to be honest. So I need I to do that. Yeah, got family members asking like, when is it? I'm like, oh crap, yeah, I forgot to tell you. Sorry. Yeah, eighth of May. Eighth of May is the second one. Yeah, so we'll get the uh, the tickets in there as well. And if you want a taste, by the way, of what's coming up, the football, the beautiful game ex uh, exhibit is coming to Oak Tree Leisure Centre. Um, Oak Tree Leisure Centre has teamed up with Mansfield Museum to help launch an exciting new ex uh, exhibit. Football, the beautiful game, will be available to view at the Mansfield Museum on Leeming Street from the second of April all the way to the 1st of June. But residents will be allowed a sneak preview during a football fun day at Oak Tree Leisure Centre on Saturday the 9th of March. So uh, on Saturday, uh, running from 9 until 3, the community are invited to take part in free football sessions at Oak Tree Leisure Centre, whilst also sampling the, ex, uh, the ex exhibit. I can't speak today and I can't seem to get my breath either. It's annoying. Uh, these will be there will be snippets from the uh, oral history of East Midlands football film made with the help of local fans. Whilst there will be a design your own match attacks activity, allowing younger football fans to take a memento from the uh, occasion. So, yeah, do uh, go along to that as well. Get a little bit of taster of what you can see. Oak Tree Leisure Centre, Saturday the 9th of March. At 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. So uh, I believe we're at home that day, aren't we, as well? Swindon. Yeah. So before the game, go to Oak Tree Leisure Centre, have a kick around for free and have a little taste of the exhibition. And then from the 2nd of April all the way through to the 1st of June, go along to Mansfield Museum and uh, have a look at the beautiful game exhibition, which will feature Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame with not one but two uh, events all about shirts. And, of course, our Stag Stories Live with Ian Bowling. More to be announced 
very, very soon indeed. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? It's the guessing game that brings you zero fame. But to be the best, you must outguess the rest. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? In the League or Cup, you just make it up. Because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw? Right, it's that time again where we do all things uh, podcast predictions. Of course, it is the end of the month as well, which means we need to do the league table. Before we do that, though, let's do our predictions um, for all things uh, for all things Newport and for MK Dons. Uh, before we do that, um, Alan and Nick, just whilst I scribble down the top 10, because I forgot to do it, um, lots of games to come this month. Talk us through your expectations for it. Nick, I'll start with you. I think there'll be a there'll be a random defeat in there. I'm sure that we're not expecting, but then we'll bounce back at some point with another win. I think we'll we'll definitely pick up the two points a game, which is what we're after. Um, you know, and, and who knows with the way we go we're scoring. Somebody else could be getting tanked the way we're going. I don't know. But I certainly think the um the home games will be tough because we're playing obviously the top teams. But like like we we said earlier with Al, it's we could beat anybody, can't we? I would I would be hoping for at least ten points, three wins and a draw. I don't know. I'm not sure which one the draw will come against. It might be MK. I'm not so sure, but uh, I would I would hope for at least ten points. But you know, each game as it comes, like we've said before, Nigel will rotate the squad, keep everybody fresh or as fresh as he can be, and uh, we'll see where it takes us. And I'm sure we'll still be there or thereabouts after the next four games. A lot of teams are playing each other as well, aren't they? At the top. Yeah, that's the big thing, isn't it? It's not just us. No. It's, you know, other teams are playing other teams. So, uh, you know, they can do us a favour as well. And, you know, obviously it's in our hands anyway. And for us not to go up, three teams need to overtake us, don't they? So three teams have got to have better runnings than us. Yeah. Put it simple. Yeah, and they're all playing each other and taking points off each other. Yeah. I just can't see that happening, Nick. Not I the way we're, we're going at the minute, no. No. Um, we're, just, we're just at it, aren't we, at the minute? You just get the confidence factor, you know, that you're watching you're watching a team that's firing on all cylinders. And there's no better team than and ours. It's if, not just that we're playing better. There is no better squad yeah. than ours, is there? Even if we're, like you said earlier on, even if we have a bit of a lull in one game, you know, you know full well that he's, he's distilled it into and that no way you lose two matches on trot. Yeah. And they haven't done so, mm. you know. That's the way forward, I think. Perfect padding, gentlemen. Well done. Right, time for our podcast prediction for Newport <laughs> and for MK Dons. Clive kicked us off earlier. He went with a th- uh, a 3-1 win over Newport with Davies Keeler done as man of the match. Uh, Alan, you're up next. 3-0, Mansfield win. And I would go with uh, Bailey Cargill, man of the match. Nick. 2-1, Swan. Ooh, it has to rhyme. Like if it doesn't it. rhyme, you can't have it. You can go 2 nil Cargill. <laughs> well, you had 3 nil Cargill, didn't you? So that rhymes. There you yeah, go. Everything. Thank you. 3-0 Cargill. 2-1 Swan. Right, Craig. Oh, yeah. yeah. No pressure there, is there? Uh, He's picked Boateng, though, so I've, that's a good, you're going to have to go score for that. <laughs> Got it. 7-0. Uh, no, 6 6-0. 6-0. Try don't say brunt. There's nothing rhymes with brunt that we need to be saying on here. Six nil. Don't come home skin. It's going to be Aiden Flint. 
There you go. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Uh, ones, you one. ones for MK Dons do not have to rhyme because I can't think of another player to rhyme with. Uh, <laughs> off with a uh, more conserved 2 0 win. Uh, mm, um, Maris. Uh, Nick, you're next. 2 1 win, Christy Pym. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> That doesn't even rhyme properly, does it? But it'll do. No, Alan, go on. 2 0 win, Amber I bleed, and picking Reed. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm going to do it's the worst, same. Isn't it? Get I'm Clive gonna... back for some. some, some... Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna... well, it was well, quite conservative, weren't yeah. it, Clive? I was surprised. I say sanity. Um, he's gone for a 1 0 win against MK Dons with Aidan Flint as man of the match. So uh, mm. they're... It's not very yeah. Clive ish, is it? It's no uh, right. I suppose we should uh, run through all of the uh, all of the podcast predictions nominees. Right, if your name is read out, this means you are not in the top ten, and I'm not going to read your score out either. This is just for an honorary mention. So here we go. Ashley Mutter, Steve Yule, Clive Parkin, Adam Crump, Tim Phillips, Proud Stags, me, Simon Wilson, Stephen Pound, Kathy Holmes, Otley Staggs, Sarah Stonick, Marie Wilson, Keely of Her Game 2, Paul Broomhead, Darren Wood, Joel Dolman, Roger King, Cam Fulton, Richard Spencer, Sam Pateman, Craig Vincent, Craig Foster, Jim Evans, Dennis Sims, Mark Lapko, Ian Brown, Matt Green, not that one, Matt W, Mitchell the American, Addison Crump, Craig Pateman, Taxi Pete, Nathan Edge, Gabby A., Teddy Oliver, Sarah Armson, up your game. Uh, Nick Welsh, Nick Welsh, John John, Liam Smith, Kyle Whitty, Joe, Jubbs, Watson Wanderers, Mr. Tickle, really? Luke Bramall, B Block New Boy, Yellow Gaz, Tara, Kyle Bingley, Oliver425, Radcliffe Sag, Lorna, Emma Vincent, Kyle Bingley, Tom King, Mel Shatlock, Silper Mel, Mark, and The Gate. Well done. You've made it onto the scoreboard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but have you made the top 10? Uh, no, you haven't. Because here is who is in the top 10. In joint 10th, it's JS, Will Pounds, and Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame. With You're seven. joking. In at nine, it's David Shetlife with 76 points. Coming in at number eight, it's Stag's Chat. With 77. In at 7, it's Chris Ellison on 80. Then at 6, it's joint between Fathead and Mrs. Crump, 81. <laughs> it's, not, on. Go on. it's not the streaker, is it? With the, 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 coming in at number 5 is not the streaker with the, uh, with the snood, is it? Uh, if that's Kiwi Stag, then it could well be on 80. Maybe. Points. In at number four, it's Alan Wilson on 90. 90. We have still got Nick Felton, Steve Naden, and Ben Swain. But who is in what order? I feel like we need a change of music. I feel like we need a little bit of tension. Here's your top three. In at three, 96 points 
It's the man who does all the maths. The man who puts all the results together. It's Ben Swain. Two people have reached the 100-point mark. One of them is on 101. One of them is on 112. They've been neck and neck all season long. Nick Felton and Steve Nadin. Has one leapfrogged the other? Steve Nadin. With 101 points in at two, it's... Nick Felton, which means at the top of the league... It's Steve Nadin with 112. Good score. Well done, Steve. Keeping yourself top of the league. Quick run through then of the Mansfield Matters League. Seven people now in it. Nathan props up the rest on 12. I don't think he's predicted since like 2004. <laughs> he's not 12. Yeah. He had Colin Larkin <laughs> as his goal scorer for the last game. I think he's, uh, I, think he's uh, I think he's played a different game to us. Certainly has. Uh, in at six, Evans has rap had a rapid climb. At one point, Nathan was above Jim. Now Jim is above Nathan on 33 points. Cam Felton is then in fifth on 41. I'm then in fourth in with 67. Clive is in third on 71. Then Nick, two points ahead on 73. But leader of the pack, and I think he could well... I think he's well-deserving of uh, a group of people following around in him around the dustbin roots singing this <laughs> King Alan Wilson leading the way on 90 points at the top of the league well done my friend can you stay there though from the end of the season mainly because I think you just keep getting your man of the match uh, picks right really but well done and he always picks us to win which any other season would be a problem but this year it's been a good thing hasn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely it has. Uh, so well done, Alan, for uh, being top of the uh, league uh, in podcast predictions. Will you stay there um, next time around? All is to be revealed. Right, that is all we've got time for on uh, tonight's Mansfield Matter show. Uh, please don't go anywhere, Alan and Nick, we've got a little bit of recording to do. But for now, helps if I put the fader up. That is all we've got time for on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks to Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame, to Alan Wilson, and to you guys for watching and listening at home. Join us again at the same time next week when we'll recap MK Dons at home and the trip to Graham Cochran's Newport County. Will the Stags have six points? Will they have no points? Will they have two points? Will they have four? Anything is possible. A reminder to get involved in podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description. You must do so no later than one hour and one minute before the respective kickoffs. And if you haven't done so already, please get your tickets to Stags and Stories Live, Sunday, the 28th of April, 6 pm at Mansfield Museum, £4.50 per person. The link that you need is in the description. The Stags are top of the table. Will they stay there? Join us next time as we hope the answer is yes.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.